we've been talking about the characteristics of God and how sometimes we can be too casual when it comes to how we approach God. And, uh, you know, I think it's funny that as a church, Alpine, we're a casual church. We love it. We love kind of being able to come and approach God, and God is definitely approachable. But that doesn't mean that we should be too casual in the way that we relate to Him. So what we've been doing is we've looked at His, his, his um, omniscience, which means his, that He is all-knowing. So in week one, we talked about the fact that He's all-knowing, and we can't pull a fast one on God. In week two, we talked about His omnipotence, that God is all-powerful. That it's, even though we can approach Him and worship and sing and laugh and have fun and drink coffee, that we still have to recognize that God is all-powerful. He's a powerful God, and we should respect that. And last week, we looked at the fact that, that God is holy. And holy means that He's set apart, and He's different from all of us. And so it's, I think, again, it's easy to look at God or to think about Jesus as like buddy Jesus, you know? Like, like He's just my buddy, and He's just like a, like a friend. And He is a friend, but He can smush you. He's one of those friends. He's a, he's a friend who has power and he's holy and he's set apart and he's different than you and, and you are never going to be God and he is God. And so, so even though he allows us to, to enter into his presence and worship him and even, even though he allows us to, there, we don't have a temple anymore that we have to worship at and he doesn't, he's not hidden behind some veil in the Holy of Holies. In spite of all that, he still allows us, he allows us to approach him but yet he is still holy and we can't forget that. And so that's what we've been doing in this series. And so far we've looked at, at three kind of heavy topics. And so today we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit because we've talked about his, his omniscience and omnipotence and his holiness. But today we're going to talk about his compassion. We're going to talk about the fact that God is caring and compassionate. Now before we get into the points and into the message and into the scripture for today, I just want to ask a question of you that I want you to keep in your mind as we go through the message today. How compassionate are you? Compassion literally means, the, the word compassion, if you break it down, it's come and passion. And passion means suffering, the passion of the Christ. So passion means suffering and come means with. So a compassionate person is someone who's willing to suffer with someone else. So if you're compassionate, you'll suffer with. Like my, my mom, whenever we got sick as kids and we'd be, you know, hanging over the toilet, throwing up, she would always come in and she would rub our backs. And I, I've always remembered that, just that how compassionate my mom would be. And she'd, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And she would suffer with us. I've never done that for my kids. <laughs> I would, I'm okay with them suffering alone, you know. But my mom, would, she was compassionate. She would suffer with us. She cared and she would suffer with us. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how compassionate are you? So let's say that over here we've got someone who is not compassionate at all. And over here we have people who are super, super, like our, like our care ministry team. So compassionate. So many of you go to this campus. So compassionate. So loving. So willing to suffer with people. And I have a perfect story that illustrates these two extremes because a few years ago I was in Seattle at, uh, at what's it called, Pike's? Pike's Place? Yeah, Pike's Place in Seattle. And, and I was there with a couple of friends. We'll just, let's call them Jimmy and Dan because those are their names. And so <laughs> we, we were at, we, were, we, we pulled up in an Uber and we were going to go to dinner and we get out of the car. Jimmy and Dan had been like lifelong friends for years we get out of the car, and a, and a homeless person approaches us before we can get away, before we could get off to the restaurant. And he comes up and he says, hey guys, 
Do you have any, I mean, just, I'm down on my luck. Do you guys have any, any money? Can you help a guy out? And I remember sitting there and just, I, you've probably been in situations like that before, and I was just like, oh, man, what do we do here? And, and Jimmy and Dan were, are actually in ministry, like me. So if they weren't in ministry, that would have been even more pressure on me to act like someone in ministry. But they were in ministry. I'm like, I'm going to let these guys take care of this. And I remember Dan was like, no, come on, Jimmy, let's go, let's go. And Jimmy was like, oh, just hold on. And Jimmy goes over, and he starts to engage with this homeless man. Hey, tell me your story. Tell me what, what you know, obviously you're, you're having hard times. What, what's behind that? Help me to know. And this guy just started, started sharing with him about how he's a return war vet and and how he couldn't, get a, he couldn't get a job, and he's got PTSD, and he's been struggling, and, and he's down on his luck, and he's staying over there at the ha- this halfway house, and, and he points over to it, and he's just looking for, for some help for a, for a warm meal. And, and Jimmy, is, Jimmy is, I'm going to say Jimmy's over here. Jimmy is talking with him and, and, and engaging him and embracing this, this conversation and, and listening to his story, and he's, he's saying, man, I get it. Man, I've been there. My wife and I, you know, we've, been, we've had some hard times and we understand what you're going through. And Jimmy is just totally with him, compassionate, suffering with him and embracing his story and caring about him. And Dan is over here. And Dan is just, Jimmy, come on. What, Jimmy, get over here. And the, the guy can hear it. He's like, Jimmy, let's go, man. Let's go eat. And I'm standing in the middle of these two guys and, and Jimmy's engaging with this guy and Dan is, is like, come on, let's go, let's go. Like he's like antsy, come on, come on, come on. And I'm observing this whole thing and I, and I watch as, as Jimmy's got his hand on his shoulder and he's talking with him and this guy hadn't, he hadn't showered or bathed. He was, he was like a teenage boy. He hadn't showered or bathed in weeks, you know, and you could smell it. And he's, and he's engaging with this guy and, he, and if come to find out that this guy's a believer, this guy's a Christian. He's, and Jimmy's like, oh, you're a Christian. I'm, I'm a Christian too. Praise Jesus. He's like, yeah. And so now he starts doing the Christian speak thing. And now they're connecting at that level as well. And, and at the end of the, I mean, seriously, 20 minutes, 20 minutes this goes on. Dan is saying, come on, Jimmy, let's go, dude. You're wasting your time. And Jimmy's just like, shut up. And he's just engaging with this guy and loving this guy. And he says, can I pray with you? And the guy's like the guy is now getting emotional. He says, "Of course, I'd love that. I haven't had someone pray with me in a long time." And Jimmy Jimmy goes over and embraces this guy and just starts to pray the most beautiful, heartfelt prayer, just this prayer of blessing over this guy's life. God bless. He's 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 struggling, and, and you're close to the brokenhearted. And, and God, I want you to bless this guy. And he just prays this incredible prayer over him. And then he reaches into his wallet and he pull, pulls out, he's got 20 bucks in there and he pulls out the 20, gives it to him. He's like, hey, listen, go get yourself a hot meal. I, I just, I'm going to continue. Do you mind if I continue to pray for you over the next few weeks? I'm going to pray for you even as, we, even as we leave. And, and that was the interaction that he had with this guy. And this guy goes away just with 20 bucks and tears in his eyes and feeling so blessed and loved and ministered to. And Jimmy turns back to to. Dan and to me, and we start walking to the restaurant to have a steak dinner. And Jimmy and Dan just start, I mean, Dan just starts ripping into Jimmy. You are so gullible. You're such a moron. I can't believe you would give. He's going to go take that money, and he's going to go buy drugs with it now or alcohol with it. And he's, I mean, Dan is just ripping him. And Jimmy's like, 
Dan, that's your opinion, man. You do your thing, I'll do my thing. Jesus tells me to love people, I just love them. It's not my responsibility what he does with the money. I just love him. And I'm walking, I'm walking between these two guys and the whole time I'm walking, I'm, I'm thinking to myself the question I just asked you, like, where am I? Now we can give these two extremes names. Where am I between Dan and Jimmy? Where would I put myself on the continuum? Because I understood Dan's logic. I, underst- I know the statistics. I know, I know the argument. Chances are pretty good that he is going to use that to buy another drink. But I also, there's something about how Jimmy dealt with it that just seemed more Christ-like. There's something about what Jimmy did that, that just seemed better. It seemed like if Jesus was watching, and Jesus is watching, that Jesus was probably more on Jimmy's side than on Dan's side. And today we're going to talk about this, this characteristic of God that is so at his core, it's so part of his nature that God is compassionate. So you know the story of the Ten Commandments. Moses and the Israelites are going through the desert on their way to the Promised Land, and Moses goes up the mountain, and he gets the Ten Commandments, this incredible mountaintop experience where he he's gets a, a, a vision of God, a revelation of God, and God chisels with his own hands. He gives him the commandments on, the, on the, these stone tab- tablets, and 40 days later, Moses comes down off the mountain and come to find out the Israelites had talked Aaron, his brother, into fashioning a golden calf for them to worship because Moses has been gone for over a month and they're like, well, he might not ever come back and we need a God. Did you know this story? And so Moses comes down off the mountain after 40 days on the mountaintop getting this word from God for the people and the first commandment on the tablets is don't make other gods. You shouldn't have any other gods before you. And Moses understood this because God spoke this to me, communicated. He comes down the mountain, and the first thing he sees is this whole nation, his whole people, worshiping this golden calf. And Moses, in his anger, and I would, I would guess that it was righteous anger, Moses, in, in his anger, he looks at the tablets and the first commandment, and he looks at these morons and what they've done, and he smashes the tablets in anger and in frustration. Well, the anger subsided, and he's like, man, I should probably go get another copy of those commandments. So he went back up to the mountain to visit with God again. And that's when we come to this passage in in Exodus 34 that I want you to look at. I'm just going to read it to you. And and it's the second time Moses is speaking to God after this story happened. It says that the Lord came down in a cloud, Exodus 34, starting in verse 5. And he stood there with him, and he called out his name, Yahweh, God's name, Yahweh. And the Lord passed in front of Moses, and here's what God said to Moses after this whole thing transpired. He says, Yahweh, that's his name, the Lord. So he's introducing himself. And he says this, the God of compassion and mercy. Now, I don't know if if I were God, I might have had some other descriptors for me at that point. Yahweh. I saw what happened. I am the Lord, the God of holiness. The all-powerful, omnipotent God. The omniscient God. The all-knowing God. I, I saw what happened there, Moses. I know what those Israelites did. I know what your people did. And I am mad. Just like you were, Moses. I'm mad. But that's not what he says. 
He says, Yahweh the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger, Moses. I'm slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I think it's really interesting to know the backstory of that verse that God is saying, I'm compassionate to everyone. This is the first time God describes himself in the Bible to a human being. And the first word he uses for, him, for, his, for his nature is compassionate. After what the, what the people had done, after disobeying the very first commandment, and our rule at home was always obey the first time, and the Israelites broke that rule, the basic rule. Obey the first time. Obey the first commandment. And obey the first time. And the Israelites didn't. And Moses comes up and he's not really sure how this is all going to play out. And now he's going to see what God is really defined by. And God says, Moses, I'm compassionate. I'm slow to anger. And the first point today is that God is compassionate to all. And some of you need to hear this. Because for some of you, your picture of God is he's a mean, judgmental. He's a God who can't wait to get you for your sins. He can't wait to punish you for what you've done. And I want you to hear what God said to Moses after this very punishable offense. He says, Moses, just chill out. I'm actually compassionate. You threw those tablets down, but I'm slow to anger. You're so fast to anger, but I'm slow to anger. And I'm generous and compassionate to all. He does, it doesn't say I'm compassionate to some. I'm compassionate to some people. But I'm not compassionate to other people. It kind of depends on the data. Depends on what you're going to do with it, with my money. Depends on what you're going to do with my compassion. I know your type. Some of you are in here today who you would say, yeah, I think I'm the type that God wouldn't be compassionate to. Well, no, look at again what it says. This is later on in Psalm 145. This is the psalmist. So what God said in, to Moses in Exodus 34, he ends up speaking Again and again, we find it echoed throughout the Bible in Psalm 145. This is, this is where, this is where uh, the psalmist is writing about God. And notice he uses the same words. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. David needed that kind of Lord, by the way. I wonder if you do. We all do. He says the Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all His creation. I want you to know if, if you've got the wrong picture of God, you need to know that God is like Jimmy. He's not like Dan. God is compassionate. He's not waiting to punish you for your sins. He actually wants to invite you in. He actually wants to suffer with you. And the second thing I think we're going to learn in, in this idea of compassion is that His compassion is costly. You know, for a lot of us, Compassion is a mental thing. Compassion is like a state of mind. That's how it was for me that day in Seattle. In my mind, in my mind, I was like Jimmy. In my actions, I was like Dan. Think about it. In my mind, I'm like, yes, I'm like him. I'm with him. I am totally with him. I didn't pull any money out of my wallet. I didn't go over and talk to the guy and engage with the guy. I didn't love on the guy. I thought I could just be kind of this third person, this, this third party just kind of overseeing the scene like I was reading a book or something. You know, like, ah, oh, yes, let's see how these two pastors, let's see how these two ministers deal with this. And, and let's see, am I more like Jimmy or am I more like Dan? Oh, I am definitely more like Jimmy, said the guy who stands there with Dan. 
which is what I did. So in my, in my mind, I'm a Jimmy. In my actions, I'm a Dan. I wonder if some of you are like that. You cut yourself all this slack that you're this compassionate person. You watch the news and you see the, this flooding in the Midwest. You're like, oh, that's so sad. That's so sad. I feel so terrible for this family that lost their home. Or you see this, this crisis of the immigrants coming across the border and you hear about some of the stories about some of these kids that are dying or these families that are fleeing or these dads that are just trying to save their kids from a dangerous situation. I don't know, we've got the, the other side of the equation too. I understand that. But you look at that thing and, you, and it tugs on your heart a little bit and you say, oh man, that's so sad. And then you turn the TV off and finish dinner. Or you're looking on social media and you see stuff that's going on. And again, you're, you th- you th- if you're like me, you think like Jimmy, but you act like Dan. You, you think with compassion, but compassion means to suffer with. Compassion doesn't mean to think about suffering with. Compassion means to suffer with. And for Jesus, that's the kind of compassion he has. We see this in Mark chapter 1. It says a man with leprosy came and he knelt in front of Jesus begging to be healed. And it's interesting, he said, he said this, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. See, what this guy knew is that God, that Jesus was omnipotent. What he knew was that he had the power to do it. The question was, did he have the compassion to do it? Isn't that interesting? He said, I know you can heal me. I have complete confidence in your power. I know that you have the power to heal me. I just don't know if you want to. I just don't know if you have it in your heart to do it. And it's interesting. I get excited and hit these buttons. And it's interesting. It says that, that the next verse says that moved with compassion. Do you see that word? Moved. That means action. Moved with compassion. Compassion, the word, the word compassion in this passage, we don't like to use a whole lot of Greek, but this, this word is so fun to say that I'm going to use a little bit of Greek. The word here is splagnitsomai. Everyone say that with me. Splagnitsomai. Some of you are like spaghetti and meatballs, okay? <laughs> but splagnitsomai actually means it actually means that his, uh, there's, there's not a real good translation. The literal transla- tr- translation is from his, his bowels were moved. How about that for a BM? It says, his bo- you thought, you'd thought, man, this guy can tie it all together. This is great. His, he got the, tro- the BM trophy. His bowels, it's, it's like, it was like, I don't know if you've ever been this way before. We're not talking about what you're going to feel after you eat a Big Mac at McDonald's, you know, oh, like meat so my, you know. No, we're talking about you see something on TV or you see something in, in life, you're walking through the city, you see a situation, and it just, it actually makes, it actually hurts your stomach. It actually, it's like, oh, like your stomach drops. That's what this word means. He says, moved with compassion. That it actually gave him a gut ache. It, probably the best translation we could, we could say is it was gut-wrenching. It was this gut-wrenching reaction. He's like, oh, this poor guy has been dealing with leprosy his whole life, which isn't just a skin disease. It actually meant that he was a pariah. He was a social outcast. And, and Jesus knew all of that. And, and the Bible says that he looks at him, he was moved with compassion. And so he reached out and he touched him. And when you touched a leper back then, 
you became unclean. Nobody touched lepers. Nobody touched lepers. And he reached out and touched them. I love what it says next. He says, I am willing. Some of you need to hear those words of Jesus spoken over you because your picture of Jesus is different. Your, your idea of Jesus is, no, he, wouldn't, he doesn't want to help me. He doesn't want to, to step into my sufferings. He doesn't, he doesn't care about me. He doesn't care about my situation. He has the power to do it, but I don't think he's willing to do it. And you need to hear Jesus say this, I am willing. I am willing. He said, be healed, and instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man, the man was healed. Jesus is moved to compassion. He healed lepers. He raised the dead. He made the blind to see. Jesus cares. And so that means, and this is just the last thing for us today, that means that we should care. True compassion is about others. True compassion is about looking outward. Again, true compassion is not an internal exercise. Real compassion isn't just something that goes on in between our ears. We don't think compassionately. We act compassionately. And so my question to you again is just this. It's what I went... It's what I came to at the beginning. Are you more like Jimmy? Indeed, not in thought. Indeed. And I know the situation is we're talking about a homeless person, but you can apply this to a million different situations where we can be compassionate. Are you more like Jimmy or are you more like Dan? I want to leave you with this verse in Colossians 3.12. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Because Jesus does.